Yes, yes, it really happened. It wasn't some wild fantasy dream that you were having. The Grizzlies really just completed one of the biggest and best comebacks in NBA playoff histories. So guess what? We're going to have that covered, and we're going to talk about it coming up on Locked on Grizzlies. You are Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. I'm riding solo. Sean Coleman is off today, and, and, and you're stuck here with me. But I'm up here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, covering the game. And, I mean, what a game that was Last night, the Grizzlies completed one of the biggest, one of the comebacks we have ever seen in the NBA playoffs. But first, we thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen, one of your listens each and every day. Um, Make sure you're listening or tuning in on YouTube, subscribing, and all of that good stuff. But we're also available on Apple Podcasts, you know, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast app, Locked on Grizzlies is there. So make sure you're leaving five-star reviews. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're commenting and staying engaged with us. But, wow. All I can say is, wow. Games into this series. And this game easily is the wildest one. This is probably the wildest game of the entire playoff stretch so far. The Grizzlies came back from 26 points down to defeat the Minnesota Timberwolves in game three. And coming back from 26 points down doesn't even do it justice. For those that watched the game, you saw it basically was like the Grizzlies came back twice. And I just talked with some players, you know, a few days ago about, you know, in in basketball and really just in sports in general, when you come back from a a big deficit, the energy that it takes to come back is is almost exhausting in itself. So the fact that the Timberwolves responded to that first comeback from the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies came back again, that says a lot about this team. So how did it happen? First quarter, Timberwolves jump out to a big lead, dominant first quarter, and you look up, I mean, it's 12-0. 12-0 start. Patrick Beverly is doing the too little sign. He's going at John Morant, uh, first couple buckets of the game. And it was a it was an interesting thing. You know, being there in the presence of the target center, you could tell. I could tell that they missed playoff basketball. That place was so loud. It was rocking. I couldn't hear myself talking, which, you know, has only happened for me before at football games but this was a basketball game and I couldn't hear myself talking I knew what I was saying but I couldn't hear it uh the place was rocking Patrick Beverly was engaged Carl Anthony Towns blocking shots screaming uh the Timberwolves looked like they were on a mission but then again big lead they they come out you know just guns black 
Next thing you know, they're up 47 to 21 in the second quarter. And, and the Grizzlies went on their run. Grizzlies closed the second quarter on a 23 to four run. A lot of that was Desmond Bain just nailing three-pointer after three-pointer, just keeping the Grizzlies in it, just keeping them afloat, you know, to the point where the Grizzlies were down seven points at the half. Keep in mind, like I just said, they were down, I mean, they were down 26 points in that second quarter. Desmond Bain uh, kept them afloat. They got within seven, 51 to 44 at the half. So there was a lot of momentum riding this direction. You know, people were Oh, saying, oh, you know, they've trimmed the deficit. They have their chance. Boom. The Timberwolves hit them in the mouth again. Third quarter, it looked like a carbon copy for the most part of that first quarter. And I think a lot of people just, just lost hope at that point because all your game, when you saw the second quarter comeback, and then boom, 28-10 to 10 run from the Timberwolves in the third quarter, once again, Biggest lead was 26 in the third in the first quarter. I mean, the second quarter, early in the second quarter. Now they were back up 25, three minutes to go in the third quarter, 79 54 game. I mean, at this point, it's it's over, right? Right? No, it wasn't. The Grizzlies, just like in the second quarter, but even better this time. Answer with an even bigger time, 21-0 run to tie the game, 26-2 run overall to take the lead. And they didn't look back at that point. Brandon Clark closed it, Desmond Bain, John Morant, big buckets down the stretch. They all chimmed in in this effort. And 26-2 run. Overall, the Grizzlies ended the game on a 50-16 run. I'll say it again. The Grizzlies ended the game on a 50 to 16 run. Just crazy. I mean, one of the biggest comebacks that you will ever see. And it's that because it didn't happen over one stretch. The Grizzlies were down 26 points early in the second quarter. Then they make a 23-4 run. How often do you see a team make a 23-4 run is to end up back down 25 points and then make a 26 to 2 run after making a 23 to 4 run two quarters early. It's it was unfathomable. I mean, and keep in mind, we're talking about the Timberwolves start the game on a 12-0 run. Timberwolves start the third quarter, 28 to 2 run. They made their runs as well. Grizzlies, uh, the defense locked in. Defense locked in for the Grizzlies late in that fourth quarter. They completely stifled Minnesota. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was just out of the game plan at that point. Anthony Edwards got hobbled early in the game. He wasn't as aggressive as I thought, you know, he had been earlier in the series. So maybe that played a role in it. D'Angelo Russell was cooking early, kind of slowed him down, and the Grizzlies took over. So I think, you know, just looking back at this game, this is one of those type wins where you look back and – it can be gut-wrenching for the Timberwolves. Gut-wrenching because from the Grizzlies' perspective, you had this game lost twice. Twice. And they talked about it. You know, John Morant and other players, you know, Xavier Tillman before the game, they talked about wanting to steal these games in Minnesota. Wanting to win in Minnesota. If they win in Minnesota, 
They get back home court advantage. That's what they did in this game. But, I mean, the Timberwolves came out with so much energy. I, I can't understate that enough just watching, you know, how they were engaged on the bench. And even Desmond Bain said it. You know, Desmond Bain said that the, the Grizzlies had to get their energy up. You know, he felt like, you know, um, just from the way they were carrying themselves at certain parts of the first half, they they weren't as locked in as they have been known to be. And and there were stretches, you know, where, where we saw that. I mean, the Timberwolves had an answer for everything that the Grizzlies were doing. And the Timberwolves, they were locked in defensively. Let's not understate uh, how locked in the Timberwolves were on, on defense, but it, it's – this is one of the best wins, you know, and I've said this a few times, but this is one of the best wins in, in Grizzlies franchise history. This is one of those type wins. I mean, this 26-point comeback, it's the largest for the Grizzlies in the playoffs. It's, it ties the franchise record overall, you know, regular season and playoffs combined. But, again, what made this comeback special is it basically happened twice. And, I mean – one thing for us not to understand how this happened. Taylor Jenkins is a man who has answers for everything. Just over the past four months that I've been at the commercial appeal and, you know, covering the Grizzlies day in and day out, every single day, every single press conference, every single pregame shoot around with Taylor Jenkins. He has an answer for everything. After this game, Taylor Jenkins basically said, I don't know how we did it. He didn't even know how this happened. This was, this was insane. I mean, this is one of those wins Grizzlies fans. You should just, you go, go to YouTube and you, you look at it a couple of times or, or TNT, if you recorded it, just rewatch it because um, this is one of those games, you know, that you, this will probably won't happen again, probably won't happen again, but from a, you know, a less, exciting perspective talking with Taylor Jenkins after the game he did say some you know he wasn't super happy with it I mean just like the Grizzlies made those two big runs to win the game they put themselves in bad positions in the first and third quarters to have to dig out of those holes he's probably going to look at that a little bit more going into that next game and that's what you expect the coach you know to do talking with him after the game he he didn't seem as excited you know, as the players where, you know, John Morant uh, was was uplifted, even though he didn't have his typical night, you know, uh, shooting 5 of 18 from the field. Uh, Tyus Jones, you know, they, they felt upbeat. Desmond Bain, they all had a sort of release, uh, a relief feel to them, but not so much Taylor Jenkins. So uh, he's been a coach and he's been a pretty good coach in this series with all the adjustments uh, that he has made. And, and we're going to talk more about, you know, those adjustments and specific players who have impacted those adjustments for the Grizzlies. We're talking Desmond Bain, Brandon, Tyus Jones. Each of those guys and more had big stretches in game three. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Truebill. Because with Truebill, uh, you know how with these free trials, uh, they get you. These free trials get you because – they were without your consent. And at the end of the day, it's a business scam. It's a business scam out to get you. And don't let these greedy corporations, you know, pocket your money. How do you do that? Download Truebill to take control of your subscription. See, on average, people can save up to about 
stabbing $120 a year bill. And it's not just the renewals. We point out the renewals. It's not just them getting you with the renewals. You might have an ex who is still using your Netflix subscription, or you might have just straight up forgotten about one of your subscriptions. Truebill can take care of all of that for you. So don't fall for these subscription scams. Start canceling today. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. So again, that's Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Now I want to talk to you about Built Bar. You know, Built Bar, and most of the common listeners here on Locked On Grizzlies, you know what my favorite Built Bar is. It's white chocolates, cookies, and cream all day long. But we got milk brownie. You got coconut. You got coconut almond. Uh, Built Bar has low-calorie, high-protein candy bars. And they're better than your typical candy bars because they're a healthier option. And... You know, Sean Coleman, my co-host, who's not here today, he talks a lot about the Built Bar Puffs. So let's talk about the Built Bar Puffs in place of Sean Coleman today. Because if you're not, if you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs, you're missing out. You're missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bar uh, options. Because the Puffs, see, they're protein infused with marshmallows. So they're a little fluffy. And it's not just the protein bar. It's covered in 100% real chocolate so go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order so again that's built.com and and put in the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order so the grizzlies won this game like they won game two in a way with depth but it was different it wasn't you know xavier tillman coming up out of nowhere in some crazy role. Let's go back to the first quarter. We talked about that first quarter, right? In that same first quarter, Jaron Jackson Jr. picked up two fouls. John Morant picked up two fouls. It's two of your best players right there. Two fouls early on in the game. The Grizzlies once again face foul trouble directly in the face. This game, certain players carried the Grizzlies in stretches, and it goes to show the depth again. Desmond Bain in the first half, 16 points, uh, five made three-pointers. He was lights out. He made seven threes overall. He scored 26 points. Desmond Bain, I think after the game, Charles Barkley said that Desmond Bain is becoming his favorite player, he's, I think this kid, Bane, is becoming my favorite player to watch in the NBA. How can you not like the way he plays? Uh, his footwork has gotten so sound just watching Desmond Bane and he, how he is added to his game. Let me explain. We all know Desmond Bane can shoot the three. Yeah, I mean, he can shoot the three-pointer. And he's not just a spot-up three-point shooter. This is how he separates himself from the typical you know, spot up three point shooters who get to a spot, set their feet and make shots because he can do that. We saw that his rookie season. Now Desmond Bain has added the pull up three pointer, you know, in transition when he dribbles up the court, he'll pull up for three. He added the, you know, the the sidestep three where, where he pump fakes the ball. He shows the ball and he takes a step, dribbles and nails that three pointer. But the best one, the smoothest one that I like the most and the most unguardable one is the step back that he has in his back now where he takes, you know, two smooth steps back 
and and knocks down the three. We saw that in this game as well, and that's the most unguardable one. But Desmond Bain, he's locked in. He looks like a star. John Moran is a star. Jaron Jackson, you know, gets a lot of pub. He's fourth year. Desmond Bain looks like a star. I think more people are catching on to that. The consistency that he gives this team as a three-point shooter, because we've all talked about how much they need him to shoot from three-point range. The consistency that they get from Desmond Bain is as important as probably anything from an offensive perspective on this team. And he did it again. So in the second half, we talked talked much about the lineups yet. So the starting lineup in game three, first time uh, in this postseason, Stephen Adams was, you know, switched out of the lineup in place was Kyle Anderson. Kyle Anderson started for Stephen Adams. And Kyle Anderson was the initial matchup for Anthony Towns. So we saw how that worked out. Basically, you know, when he when he got Carl Anthony Towns on the perimeter, anytime Cat tried to put the ball on the floor, help def- help defenders came and they defended him well. As a team, the Grizzlies held their own defending him. But in the second half, another adjustment was made. Kyle Anderson didn't start the second half. It was Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark has been the best big man for the Grizzlies in this series. And he had his best game, 20 points, eight rebounds, and solid, just solid all-around play uh, from Brandon Clark. But he's averaging over 15 points in this series. He's averaging over 15 points. I mean, Jaron Jackson's averaging around 11. He's dealt with some foul trouble. But Brandon Clark, third quarter, fourth quarter, big shot after big shot, offensive rebounds, floaters. He was one of the biggest factors in the Grizzlies getting back into this game. Brandon Clark's activity. I mean, the Timberwolves are a super active team. And he's been the perfect balance. We've talked about the differences when you get Steven Adams, when you get Brandon Clark. You know, both of them bring you that offensive rebounding, but he has a little more lateral agility, a little more quickness than Steven Adams. That kind of works when you're playing a team, you know, like the Timberwolves, who like to play at such a, you know, frantic pace and speed. Brandon Clark is just a better fit, and we're seeing that. He has been huge for this team every single game. Brandon Clark has brought it. Tyus Jones, he was the other one in this game. Tyus Jones, and and he only played 14 minutes. Let's let's because we talked about that too. Ja, 40-minute game today. So you had to find those minutes for Tyus because he's been too good. Not just in the postseason, but in the regular season. Tyus Jones was just too good to keep off the floor. And boy, were they glad they had him on the floor in this game. Fourth quarter. During the comeback, Grizzlies, you know, John Morant has to go to the bench for a little bit. This is during the 21-0 run, the 26-2 run. John Morant goes to the bench. Tyus Jones makes a big three-pointer. Bottoms, 83-80. The Grizzlies are down three points at this point. Then John Morant comes back in the game. Tyus Jones is still in the game. John Morant makes a beautiful left-hand pass to the corner to Desmond, 83-83. Then the Grizzlies tie the game up at 83. Next possession, the Grizzlies take the lead, but the ball was in Tyus Jones' hands, and he's dribbling. Shot clock going down. 
He pulls up for the three-pointer, nails it. Two big three-pointers made in that fourth quarter. Tyce Jones was the only player. This includes Brandon Clark. Was the only player off the bench who finished with a positive plus-minus. He finished plus six. And he only played 14 minutes. Tyce Jones' minutes were as big as anyone's minutes in this game. And he has been consistent. And he's a he's an Apple Valley High School kid, which is around 20 minutes from uh, the Target Center here in Minneapolis. So this was big for him, you know, just doing this. And, and, and as John Morant, you know, said in the postgame press conference, this is his hood. Minneapolis, this is his hood. And, you know, we, we thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen. Next, make sure you check out Locked On Now podcast. So nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. But, yeah, just wrapping up that point, uh, Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, they were three of the biggest pieces to getting this comeback victory. Bain tied a career high, seven three-pointers. He was the most consistent Grizzlies player on in this game, 26 points. Brandon Clark started the second half. He had a big, interesting combo with Taylor Jenkins going into the half, and Taylor Jenkins basically told him, you're going to start, but just do what you've been doing. He did what he's been doing, 20 points, eight rebounds. He's been the best Grizzlies big man, most consistent Grizzlies big man in this series. And then Tyus Jones back home. 11 points off the bench, five rebounds, four assists, three for three from three-point range, and the two big three-pointers in the fourth quarter to put the dagger in the Timberwolves and give the Grizzlies their first lead of the game. So, yeah, it was a great game, but, you know, there's more to look forward to now. The Grizzlies are up 2-1. The series is not over by a long shot. Listening to the Timberwolves players talk, especially Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell, they still like their chances. So we're going to talk about, you know, what's coming up next in these in the game four here in Minneapolis. But before we get to game four in Minneapolis, uh, springtime is here. It's spring, so the sun's about to start shining bright. So I need you to go over to Shady Rays and get your sunglasses because Shady Rays offers you the best features for sunglasses that are a fraction of those $200 sunglasses that you fear. Uh, polarized lenses, uh, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. See, Shady Rays also has a protection program. So if you lose your sunglasses, Shady Rays will send you a new pair no matter how you lost them. And they also um, help out in other areas as well. 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. So you head over right now to ShadyRays.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. So ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. So the Grizzlies have taken a 2-1 series lead now. And, you know, they're in control. They have home court advantage now. They've contained, you know, for the most part, they've contained the Tim Wolves' uh, big three. And all they have to do pretty much is win their home games at this point. But they're not satisfied with just that. John Morant said before the game, 
you know, when when one of the reporters asked them basically, OK, you know, you want to win one of the games in Minnesota, you can get home court back. And he says, no, we want to win, two. We want to win both. And we want to send their fans home mad. So he he, he kind of achieved this goal there. And and John Morant just watching him, you know, in the last seconds, he he threw the ball in the air in the final seconds, and he you know looked at the crowd and you know did a little chit chat with them and and let them know that he sent them home mad. So he achieved this goal there, but game four is still coming. Target Center is going to be rocking again. Uh, Minnesota is going to be that team. Uh, they looked home game three, but they're definitely going to be hungry in game four because they're playing for the playoff lives. If they lose game four, uh, they're going to be down 3-1, going back to the grindhouse where Memphis will be looking to close it out. But Saturday's game four, it'll, it'll, it'll be, you know, an interesting game from the perspective of, you know, just recapping some of the things that have happened throughout this series because we've got three games in now. So there are some trends developing here. And one of the latest trends is Carl Anthony Towns' struggles. So here's how they're guarding him. Because I, I asked, you know, Finch before the game, the Timberwolves head coach, uh, how do you attack with Carl Anthony Towns when the when the Grizzlies play a big man on you and when the Grizzlies have a smaller guy on you? And this was before the decision to start Kyle Anderson on on. Carl Anthony Towns was made. And Chris Finch basically said, well, it doesn't matter because they're going to double anyway. And he was right. Kyle Anderson got the matchup. Clearly, you know, undersized, but he's 6'9". He's 7'2 wings, man. Kyle Anderson, and I've said it a number of times, he has some of the best hands defensively on the team. I love watching him play defense. But Carl Anthony Towns had the size advantage. But anytime Carl Anthony Towns put the ball on the floor, Defenders were swarming at him, swarming. He could not get a clean look, and that's why he had eight points. I mean, he shot three or four, but he just could not get clean look. He didn't force them. He didn't force shots. So it looked like he was tentative, but in reality, I mean, the Grizzlies, they swarmed him. They swarmed him, and I asked Taylor Jenkins about that too. Just, you know, what are the keys there? Because what's happening is, when you throw multiple guys at Carl Anthony Towns like that, other guys are out of position and, and flying around. And he's like, oh, you know, it's a communication thing. It's a connectivity thing. And and the Grizzlies were definitely on top, you know, of the game in that area. And another thing uh, from the Timberwolves side is Patrick Beverly kind of, you know, was going at John Moran a little bit especially early on in the game. And it, it got really noticeable when he started to, you know, clear side. You know, he, he, he'd go to a side and he'd tell the, the, you know, his Timberwolves teammate to move. He, he didn't want to screen and he'd drive the basketball right at John Morant. Had some success with it early. I, like I said, first couple baskets of the game, you know, he made those. He actually had some drives and drop-off passes to teammates. And he did the little too, too little sign about maybe four or five times in this game, just, you know, trying to basically say that John Morant was was too small, wasn't doing a good job of guarding him. So after the game, uh, I, I wasn't in the Timberwolves press conference because I was over there where the Grizzlies players were, but uh, I saw the video where after the game, you know, he was asked about going at John Morant, and 
He said it was something he took into his own hands. He likes the matchup. And here's the kicker right here. D'Angelo Russell, who's sitting beside Patrick Beverly, butts in. He says, yeah, I like that matchup too. Like he liked that matchup for Pat Bev. So they're not going to stop with that just in game three. That's why I'm saying this. In game four, Patrick Beverly is going to go at John Moran again. Patrick Beverly, now he shot five of 13. So you take with it what you want from it. Over over five from three-point range. So if you want to just focus on the two-pointers, he was five of eight there. But at the end of the day, game four, they're going to attack John Morant uh, on defense. We haven't seen too many teams just focus a game plan around attacking John Morant as much as the Timberwolves tried to, especially early on in that game. It seemed like they got away from it, but that is something to look for uh, as well. And also, we mentioned it, the Grizzlies lineup changes. Where will they go from here? Again, foul trouble kind of shifted some things around. Xavier Tillman, was he came off the bench, gave some good minutes in this game. You know, it wasn't the game three, you know, shock. But it, it was really solid minutes. Steven Adams did not play in uh, game three as well. So where, where will the Grizzlies go from here from a lineup perspective? Uh, they started Kyle Anderson in the first half. They started Brandon Clark in the second half. In, the, in game two, Kyle Anderson started the second half and ended up getting the start in game three. But if you look at the second half of game three, Brandon Clark got the start. Where a lot of decisions a lot that Taylor Jenkins has to weigh. Uh, me personally, um, I think you 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 should start Kyle Anderson because what Brandon Clark did coming off the bench, I mean, he was the boost. If you start Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr., and let's be honest, right now you just can't trust the fact of Jaron Jackson Jr. not being in foul trouble. He's been in foul trouble in all three of these games, so I'm I don't think I'm out of bounds saying that. Uh, you just can't trust saying, hey, Jaron Jackson is going to be on the court for 32, 33 minutes. You have to plan around that. Brandon Clark is your best plan in terms of when, you know, that horn blow and Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to the bench. Um, Brandon Clark's coming into the game, and that's a good that's a good substitute, as I mentioned. He's been playing, you know, some of the best ball in the front court. So game four is, is going to be. Big one. Um, game is called the swing game. So this is game four will be more of a stabilizing game. It'll either stabilize the fact that okay, the Timberwolves are still, you know, showing some some resolve in this series and it's gonna make it two-two, or it's gonna stabilize the fact that the Grizzlies can start uh getting their bags ready to be packed for a potential series where it's looking like right now it will be with Golden State, who just went up three-nothing on the Denver Nuggets. So it looks like we we could be headed in that direction if the Grizzlies take care of business in game four. But we thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen. But wait, before you, your second listen should be Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA is where the experts will take you deep inside the playoffs. Insights and analytics going on with not just all the playoff teams, but all 30 teams in the NBA, so Locked On NBA, uh, wherever you get your podcast apps, it is available. But thank you for listening to Locked On Grizzlies and staying locked in with me, your host, DeMichael Cole. Follow me on Twitter at DeMichael 
C is where you can find my content. You can also find my content on Commercial Appeal at commercialappeal.com. Uh, I've been writing a lot about these, write about uh, each and every game, but game four coming up, it's going to be a big one. And of course, we will have you covered. Me and Sean Coleman will be back after uh, that game. But thank you for listening to Locked On Grizzlies. And until next time in Minneapolis, I'll see you again.